Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, the word is out. They're gonna talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe is to know from masterpieces to deep fried tacos and if the movie sucks you might hear them say there's no telling where the guys will take you get ready for a spoiler won't say it twice cause we already warned you better watch out it's gonna ruin the plot Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 636, A Nobody. Oh, that is not what we thought you were going to say. Yeah. Oh, man. We were the nobody. <laughs> that's, why, that's, that's how I do it, man. I like to keep everybody on their toes. <laughs> You're welcome. So uh, I guess before we get too far afield, let's go around the virtual table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Quick shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us. While you're there, be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. And you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where five bucks a month gets you all sorts of bonus content and you help us out. We greatly appreciate that. And, um, oh, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash real spoilers, where you can chime in on the, the latest in pop cultural ephemera throughout the week. Oh, you're going to uh, say the latest and the greatest. And I was like, yeah. I don't think they make greatest <laughs> anymore. <Uh-oh. laughs> no, that's true. They don't. <laughs> See, you guys are getting old. When we first started, I like I was old, and you were just like, no, these things are still great. And now <laughs> you're getting old and jaded. 2020 really did a number and on And you're us. just like, yeah, new stuff all sucks. Yeah, There's no it does good suck. stuff anymore. It's true. I don't like it. <laughs> it's only going to get worse, man. I have so many like old man complaints. Like I hate that new Facebook design, and <laughs> you still bitch them. about the Facebook. Design. I know. I hate <laughs> like, that design. I'm like, okay, grandma. <laughs> yeah, just it'll change. Don't worry. Yeah, they'll change they it again. Changing, they always they changing my Twitter. I don't like this. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I just had to schedule a colonoscopy. Hey, so, oh, better drink you. that weird thing that makes you poop your shoelaces out. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know gotta, what I'm talking about. Yeah, you got you got to like they make you because they they stick a camera up your butt, and yeah. so so they can take a gander, and uh, yeah. and so they need it clean. They need you cleaned out in there because they go they go up like about a two city blocks, and <laughs> and so and so they make you drink this stuff, and it just it's like a, yeah, it's like a white like nitrate, not nitrate, but like it's something like that. Magnesium nitrate, maybe that's Something. what it is. It, but it's like it's like an enema, but through your mouth, and you just <laughs> and it, and you just you just <laughs> yourself yep. like until you're completely empty. So now I'll left. tell you something. Before I go in for my colonoscopy that day, I'm doing my way in. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, it's t- it sounds it sounds terrible. 
Yeah, and everything I I hear people talk about, they're like drinking that stuff's the worst. Like it's because they knock mm-hmm. you out, you know. Right, right, right. Which so is that's the only part of it that you really experience is the terrible right, which drinking. Is only polite before you cram something up somebody's ass to give them a roofie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the polite thing to do. But um, uh, so yeah, so that's what's in my my future. That All sounds right. terrible. Well, It'll be like mid to late June. You know what so. we should do? Live, live, yeah, live stream it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe for the Patreon members. It's a pod. We will, lo- we will lose. A p- it's a pod. Because? Yeah. <laughs> we will lose all of our subscribers. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's it. They've lost their minds. We'll, we'll find out who the real fans are. That's yeah. right. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'll do. I'll start an OnlyFans for my colonoscopy. <laughs> I mean, you. I got to tell you, you might make some money. I don't think I would. I, you never know. I don't think there's, I there's, I think there's something for everybody. I don't. You may. I don't think <laughs> I'm the something for anybody. I found I think one you, person. You're, yeah, you found, I found one. the one, and I'm just like, I'm like, I locked that down, <laughs> hanging on for dear life. And yes, like <laughs> you just have one subscriber to your OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting paid out of my own checking account. Yeah, yeah. man, Crystal's into some weird. God, yeah. and oh. weird is me and my weird. God. <laughs> So uh, where was I at? Oh, you can find us on Facebook because why wouldn't you want to after all that? Uh, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. The group, if you're hunting it down, is called the League of Show Sharers. And you can also become a real life League of Show Sharers and get a badge if you draw it out and cut it out yourself um, uh, by actually sharing an episode. So people who were kind enough to share an episode this week include Librarian Cynthia, Chris Williams, Chris Falls, Lane Levanway, Travis Tewitt, Ralph Tribble, Brent Smith, Pat Andy, Chris Magic Man, Chris Sanders, Julianne Jordan, Gabriel Lugo, Heather Sachs, Tammy Sherman Powers, Mike Mike and Oscar, the uh, Ozymandias 504, Joey Fobear. Mm, that's uh, not me. Okay. Was there a song <laughs> for that one, Joe? You're, I think you took over those duties, right? Oh, bullshit. <laughs> I did. You're at best three bears. Um, <laughs> on a good day. On a uh, good day, that's true, yeah. Kathia Woods, Geek to Me Radio, Invasion of the Remake, In Session Film, Ronnie Castle, Binge Movies, The Movie Journey, Ryan Terry from the Forza Crowd podcast, Feel and Film, Matt Neglia, and Colby Max. So thank you very much, guys, for sharing an episode. We greatly appreciate it. And, uh,. I guess there's all that. Let's uh, let's dig in, shall we? This is an interesting movie. It's an interesting experiment, I guess I would say, in sometimes guys who work together and kind of create that magic, and when they split apart, the magic is gone. <laughs> because this was this did not... It, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was a good little action flick, but it was not... Because this, this is created by one of the guys uh, from John Wick. Well, it's created by the writer. It's not either of the directors, you know, because like yeah. John Wick was Chad Stileski and what was the other guy? I don't know. The the other two. But the Deadpool guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so and so this one, Derek Colstead was the writer who created the John Wick universe, you know, and the all the world building and everything. And then um, they just recently, I mean, unrelated to this movie, but they just recently he said that they don't need him anymore. So like for the fourth and the fifth ones that are planned, he's completely yeah. out of it. Cause like, it's just become so big that like they no longer need the creator, which that always sounds like a good idea. That's I know. Like the, that's like, the, what, it feels like a <laughs> move. Yeah. I mean, why not te- keep him attached in some, I mean, he built the world and now you're like, cause you know, they want to hire some hotshot writer then whatever. And why you don't need a hotshot writer for those movies. Yeah. I feel like if you create a movie that that is generating five films, you are a hotshot writer. That's right. true. Like, yeah. What do you got to do to be a hotshot writer? You just in today's world when everything is is like you know like hey can we can we reboot? Please don't eat the daisies. Like you know, and somebody creates from whole cloth a film franchise. Like, mm-hmm. if that's not the definition of a hotshot writer, like, what the F are you looking for? Right, right. I mean, it's also the it's, it's the current problem with the Friday the 13th franchise is uh, Victor Miller, who, who wrote the entire script. Like, Sean Cunningham didn't write the script. Victor Miller did. Um, there's been a lawsuit pending since, like, oh, man, like the mid-2000s um, about the rights to the series. And that's why we haven't had a movie, a Friday the 13th movie, since 2000. 10 oh, okay so it's not just i just thought it was good judgment <laughs> no no come on man okay. those you you make those movies for like 
three hundred grand and they make three, four, ten million dollars, and that you know they make uh, thirty grand. <laughs> yeah, no, they don't. They all, those movies have always turned a profit, no matter how bad they are. But uh, yeah, it's, but it's yeah. a shame. I you know I he said it was like there wasn't like any bad blood or anything, but like the studio was just like. He just didn't get an offer to come back for four or five or whatever. But I, I agree with Tom. It's like, that's that's a crappy move. I mean, he created this these movies that make hundreds of millions of dollars. He created the world. And we always talk about the world building and how good it is. And so I guess maybe he, I don't know if he saw the writing on the wall and was like, I need to get another franchise, you know, in case they don't renew. He probably knew he had three movies or if this was just a side project. But he clearly is trying to do a similar thing. Uh, it's not like as intense with world building, but still like the mythos of this character who has all these skills and is mysterious but if you think about it that first john wick it hints at things but it doesn't spell them out like it does by that by that third movie and and i feel like this one is similar from a world building detail to that very first john wick i mean you know similar i I guess i would agree with that continental and and all that's like i I mean it doesn't have a lot of this it i mean look john wick world is cooler yeah Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. But um, but he's also I mean, you know, part of the problem, too, is, I mean, it is just a variation on a theme. Ultimately, mm-hmm. like it's, this is basically this is pretty much the same premise as. Yeah, except now instead John of a world Wick. of hitman, it's a world of like government secret agents, agents yeah. slash spies right, right. kind of no, thing. It, you know what I mean? So it it's almost the same know. movie beat for beat. I mean, if it, you think almost, about. Yeah home invasions and Russian mobsters. I mean, he really just, and and I really liked this movie, so I'm just going to say I that did too. Front. I thought it was humanizing it, your, your main, uh, badass killer mm-hmm. by having him like a cute animal be, and be, yeah. Or be a dad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, the, the, the family is the difference, right? So like, uh, you know, nobody, Bob Odenkirk has a family where John wick obviously had the last thing ripped from him, which, you know, his wife had already died and then got him this puppy. And then when they take out that puppy, that's what spurs it on over. And this one right. is more the thought of uh, not being able to protect his family that he has. And then it triggers this thing that's down inside of him. That's been buried away for 10 or 12 straw dogs yeah true it is kind of like straw dogs yeah yeah the other thing is i think bob odenkirk is insanely funny yeah and he doesn't do a lot of funny stuff see i thought he was very funny in this movie like the the thing that's perfect about this movie like the the casting i think is perfect um if you watch do you guys watch better call saul no okay that movie is you that should. show is so so good and yeah, he is so good in it and he's really doing the same thing where like in Better Call Saul as Jimmy he's the same kind of character right so like he's not yuck yuck funny but he is very charismatic and charming and he has these funny moments things happen to him and it's kind of like that dark comedy that dark humor and so he plays that same type of character in this obviously the badass hit whatever skills and all that aren't coming from better call Saul but the stuff when he's not fighting and kicking ass just the way he carries himself is that kind of down on his luck like can't catch a break type of thing and it's funny in those moments the way that he kind of shrugs things off and you know it's just this natural thing where I feel like it's it's really perfect for this role and I thought he did great yeah it's just it's an interesting take on the John Wick stuff right because you never there's never a moment in the John Wick movies where Keanu Reeves where John, John Wick doesn't feel like he could take you out in a second right like you, you know the scene at the gas station when he meets Theon Greyjoy and stuff like you're all like oh okay reek to yeah reek uh so but in this one that doesn't come until like he goes into I think he goes to the tattoo parlor and then the guy, you know, he walks in and he flashes the money and he was like, you know, there's three type of people in this world, blah, blah. And then like one of the tat, one of the dudes sitting in the shop sees like two, mm-hmm. like the cards on his wrist, like the tattoos of the, of like playing cards on his wrist. And he was like, oh, thank you for your service. Yeah. And like walks behind a door. And I think that I, I like this I scene love where that. like he slams a big heavy door and then you just hear like a bunch yeah. of locks and you see as a head pop up. Like where he's just watching. That's cool. See, I love that, and that's what this—that's what Derek Kolstad does with his writing. In the same way he built the John Wick mythos with the Baba Yaga, and all that. You you feel you don't know exactly what this guy's capable of until you see it. But he does that really cool planting the little seeds and how people react right. when they figure out who he is. 
And I think that's cooler than just walking out with a, you know, like a chest, like a vest of bullets and stuff and walking out and being like, I'm a badass with all these guns. Like it's the, what you don't know. It's what you don't see that he can do, but you see the reaction and the fear of people that know it. And I think that's a really neat way to build up a character. Also, uh, Bob Odenkirk doesn't have the brute strength of Keanu Reeves. That's and, true. And that's so very true. like if, if he's just, like I, his fights in this movie were all struggles, right? Where yeah. if that had been John Wick on the bus with the five Russians, it wouldn't have been a struggle. It would have been a lot of like, oh, I mean, it would have been almost a comedy in terms of like, ha ha, he's taking these guys out and they're barely getting a, getting a scratch on yeah. them, right? Right. Where his his level of fighting is like, I will win, but it's gonna be ugly. I like. Oh, yeah. see, I took that as he was out of practice. I mean, I think there's that yeah. too, but I mean, he's just not a brute. F- he's he's not this hulking, super ripped kind of guy that is that is gonna that is gonna believably take down five guys on a bus. It's gonna be a struggle. He can do it because I I took it as like his his kind of superpower, for lack of a better word, is he can take a blow. Right. You know, like he he doesn't mind getting hit. Like he will he will come out the other side and still be able to fight where somebody else that took that hit would just be like down and crying. Yeah, I like that. I it do. was more realistic because you don't yeah. in, in these movies, especially with the heroes, you don't see them really get hurt or take a punch. And and I did like that. The fact that he was, you know, they worked in some because when you're taking on five people, no matter how tactical or skilled you are, I mean, there's other angles and they're going to come behind you and hit right. you with stuff. And so this movie, and there's just quantity. Yeah, the, like you know, and you yeah, don't right, see, right. they don't even have to be good. There's just more, right? And you just <laughs> yeah. don't see that in action movies. And I like how they did it in this. And he just happens to be badass and, like you said, can take a hit. But they actually show it happening as opposed to like John Wick would be like he would hold a bus seat behind his head and catch something and whatever you know he would just yeah, right, he would right. catch it all because in that is badass in a different way but i really like the fact that it was kind of like you saw him the more fights he got into his like repressed memories and skills were coming out he would take a hit and then it would somehow energize him to get back in there even better and i don't know it was it was cool i liked i liked how it played differently it, it was kind of the first Die Hard in that way, yeah. right? Like it, the first very Die Hard, much so. you yes. felt the damage, and like that was, and I think that's something that franchise has always lost sight of. It's part of what made that that first Die Hard so good. It was really the first of the that era of action movies mm-hmm. where you felt the toll that the damage was taking on the hero throughout the film, and and you don't really get that in other action movies. And you really don't. I guess you get that somewhat in Die Hard too, but but by get, the third, I think you get it in Die Hard three. But but it's more like a they they acknowledge that it's there, but you don't feel it. But remember, movie. see, sure. and we always talked about this with the Fast and Furious movies because Vin Diesel would <laughs> ramp a car, fly out the windshield, roll on the ground, catch a helicopter, catch a wrench in his teeth, yeah, yeah, and, and then he would come out and his white T-shirt was immaculate. And you're like, yeah. that's not cool. Yeah. Like you, no, you would be scratched. He drove he, he drove head first into. Uh, and Jason Statham's car and yeah. got out okay, but but the, the but the it ejects himself through the yeah. windshield. Yeah, but, right, right, but, that's know, right, the, that's right, the thing that's right. Is, is I mean, it's ridiculous, but there's a place for those kind of movies too. It's just you know, for the most part, that's all we get. And so yeah. when Die Hard was doing that, it was like it was like it just it you just felt the challenge yeah. in a way that you don't feel pulling it. glass out of his feet. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Everything. the best but the best part about that is. If you look at his, his well, I'm not going to call it his tank top, uh, it gets progressively grimier and right. grimier, yes. and then it's and gone. That's, <laughs> that's not wearing it anymore. He's just a grimy, bloody, beaten up uh, dude. But that was the, that was a great action. That was the everyman yeah. action trope that we, you're right, we don't get anymore. I think, I mean, you know, you can go watch Endgame and Steve Rogers is getting beaten up and he's got, you know, blood come on, coming off of him, but... Nothing to that level, and I do the, agree that Bob Oden, this version of John Wick, uh, nobody, is very much in that Mel Gibson lethal weapon, Bruce Willis diehard genre, which I've I've missed a lot. Mm-hmm. Like that's such yeah. a great Michael Ironside who plays the the villain, right? He plays the the Russian singer guy. Is that no? That's Michael Ironside. No, Michael Iron. Michael, Michael Ironside is um, Connie Nelson. Who is dad. he in this? Okay, because I was gonna say, holy, that's I was yeah. like, holy okay, crap, yeah. that would have been weird. I was, I, I just thought I wasn't recognizable because <laughs> I didn't recognize him in any role, and I was just—he's a big enough name. I thought yeah, he yeah, had yeah. a bigger role, but um, 
Uh, but he's got a great quote where he says he likes to play the villains. He like he doesn't like to play the good guys. He's like because the good guys get beat up <laughs> a lot, and he's like, but the bad guy only gets beat up once, once at the very end. <laughs> yeah, and he's true. like, it's so much easier to play the bad. That's guy. funny. I like you Michael know, I would I would never want to see a yeah. movie with Michael Ironside and Stacy Keach because I wouldn't know which is which. <laughs> that's yeah, funny. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, so. I, I, I just I think I've missed this genre of movie where your hero is your hero and he's capable, but he's human. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so seeing Bob Odenkirk, who's a character that I who's an actor who I never would have pictured uh, in an action movie. Yeah. But, you know, this the, the thing is, is that people lose sight of the fact that everyone thought the same thing about Bruce. Totally. When Die Hard came out. Like when Die Hard came out, he was the guy from Moonlighting. He was the charming, fast talker who, you know, just nobody thought he could play the tough guy, which is part of, I think, why Die Hard works so well, right? Is because he's, he's plausible that he's just tough enough, but yeah. barely. Well, and think about, you know, and then other by that last one. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Know. And we've seen that was, think about Chris Pratt coming off Parks and Recreation. That's it, Chris Pratt's and a good And then becoming Star Lord, and now, you know, he's Jurassic World, and he's ripped in those movies. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of actors that start in comedy. Well, I mean, yeah, comedy specifically with Bob Odenkirk, where. You know, and it's cool, though. I think that's another element of this movie, which, you know, it has that unexpected element of it where you're just like Bob Odenkirk and he's great. And I Mm -hmm. love him and the others, but I didn't know what to expect. And to me, he really pulled it off like whatever, you know, whatever he did to like. And and I know that like the action isn't as involved as, let's say, a a John Wick movie, but still, like, I think it all looked good enough in the way they put it together. And he was believable enough as this like a sleeper badass that came out and um, I I think if this didn't have the John Wick pedigree, mm-hmm. you'd feel a lot. You'd like it. That's yeah. probably true. It's just hard. Like, I think to, you walked in yeah. like thinking, "I'm gonna get John Wick with Bob Odenkirk," and and uh, and and you get kind of that, but also kind of not. And so I think that's you know, like if this was just here's the new Bob Odenkirk movie, and you sat down and watched it, you'd have been like, "Oh, dang." This is really cool because I mean, when we saw John Wick, like we were all like, oh, we yeah. all went into that movie just like this is going to be awful, <laughs> and <laughs> how wrong and then, we were. Yeah, totally. And and it's like those movies, those kind of movies aren't my thing. And like that was a blast. Yeah. And all three of them have been have yeah, have which is blast, not an easy you know? feat, right? Like it's no. not an easy thing to accomplish to keep that same momentum through three movies, and I guess through totally. two more. Yeah, you know? and and uh, but. But yeah, like I, I, I think the other thing this movie really benefits from is um, ninety minutes. Ninety minutes yeah. in and out, and that's yeah. with credits. Like, it does not overstay its welcome. Yeah, with credits, it's an hour and thirty-one minutes. Yeah. But it does not overstay its welcome. And and like by the time it ended, I was ready for it to end. Like I wasn't like I didn't I like I liked this movie overall, but I was just like. This movie does not need another fifteen minutes. Like, right. it's you've done what you wanted exactly. to do, you've done it effectively well. That you know there are especially that last scene. There are plot holes you can drive a truck through, <laughs> but by that point, I don't care. Um, but uh, um, but st- you know, but but it's like, but I'm like, that's not the kind of movie we're seeing, right? Like, so like, don't overthink no, it. Just enjoy. It's it's in and know? out. It accomplishes yeah. yeah what it sets out to do. Like you said, it's great. So let's just talk about the plot. How this is basically this family man with a wife and kids that all kind of think he's other than the little girl. They kind of think he's just you kind know, of a kind loser. Of, yeah, kind of a failure. And he, and he is kind of a loser, right? Like it's just an every he leads a mundane everyday life. His his wife played by Connie Nelson. They like they sleep with pillows between them. And I don't mean like, you know, in between their heads. I mean like she's she's got pillows that <laughs> separate body pillow. that separates the bed in half. Yeah. They drew a line down the room like it was a fight. <laughs> yeah, no, a sitcom. you stay on your side. Yeah, and he's you know he works as like an auditor uh, at a local plant, like machine shop. I don't. Or they something? don't really say what it is. His father-in-law owns this place, and so he works with his you know his wife's stupid brother and the dad, Michael Ironside, and. He just, yeah, every day is the same. Punch in, punch out. What it's Come home, know. make dinner, forget to take out the trash, you know, and then yeah. Connie Nelson gives him the guff. And it's interesting when we get into this, I, it becomes very apparent that Connie Nelson, like, knew of his previous life. I feel like she used to be a part of uh, it. She very well could have been. 
or she was just like she accepted you know because there's a scene where she's sewing him up after yeah. getting stabbed and she was like just either he says or the line just like old times yeah i took it that she definitely knew of it i mean the the kids don't know anything of it but she was aware of it and and i don't know and, and that's the question when we get to the the home invasion so what triggers his old you know skills and all that stuff is that their house gets broken into and Mm -hmm. they are just trying to steal stuff and they hold him and his family at gunpoint and he doesn't do anything to stop it and the question well well, at one point he's got him dead to rights right right? like he's walking up she the one the girl the the son attacks the it's a guy and a girl and the son attacks the girl or the guy and has him down and the girl redirects her attention and Bob Odenkirk comes up behind her with the golf club but then opts not to do anything to just let them leave and so he, he makes a very conscious choice yes. to not engage so that's the question is that because he doesn't want them to find out is it because he thinks once he does it he'll get back into a life of killing you know I mean there's just multiple theories I guess as to why he doesn't do anything or is he just that out of practice why do you guys think he doesn't do anything uh, I took it as he d- he just he w- he wanted this mundane life like you know like that that was his goal he, was he didn't want to give it up and he was afraid that any step in that direction would would lead to him having to give up that mundane life you know because as we'll we'll find out later like he very much wanted to be yes a suburbanite <laughs> boring nine to fiver mm-hmm. like that he walked away from that world because he wanted this but and also so, he realized that they weren't a, a really a threat because yes. he there's a, there's another scene later i think uh, where he's talking to christopher lloyd who sure well, let's throw you know no, like, he's amazing in this movie yeah so that was I, fantastic I was gonna, he's always great we're gonna talk about that <laughs> yeah. when we got there well yeah he's great uh but he showed he's like they didn't you know there were no bullets in the chamber like the the gun yeah. that they had had no so bullets he probably would have snapped into action if he had to to protect them but he saw there were no yeah. there were no there were no threats there, so there was no real threat and so they just let you he know. just let it go but i also took it even before that like she had the gun aimed at them and if he hit her in the back of the head with the golf club like she's going to tense up and pull that trigger right so even if there were bullets in the gun like it still, I don't think would have been a good move to hit her in the yeah. back of the head. Like it's it's fun action movie, like rah rah. But in real life, you would probably cause her to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah, yeah. You want her to? I mean, if you're gonna have her pull the trigger, you'd much rather have her her face you, right? So then you could, yeah. then you could maybe do something. So the son thinks depends on how your kid is. That's true. You know? <laughs> yeah, the son thinks he's a total screw up. You know, why didn't you do anything? Yeah. And, and a loser. And he's already forced with this mundane life. And he's just like, you know, he's just it's really boring and obviously he used to do a lot of crazy stuff and at this point uh the the breaking the breaking point is the little girl he he thinks that the robbers stole her kitty cat bracelet right and so that pushes him over that's the it edge. that's game over for this little <laughs> which, you know which, which that's nine, funny you know. right so like that's oh, yeah. the that's the humor of it right it's a dark but it's also kind of a riff on they killed john wick's dog Right. Totally. Yeah. It's no. This, I mean, yeah. It's this little tiny thing that's like that's the yeah. So I think it's a good almost satire or you know, yeah, a commentary on that. And then I also think that it's very funny because that's that's what Bob Oakirk does. He's totally serious in this situation yeah. but you're like kitty cat bracelet so I, there's there's jokes like that that play really well i think with his delivery and his very so, understated uh this is the weird kind of in that story so when i was probably five or six uh my dad worked nights and my house got the the house that i lived in got broken into two guys came into the house uh my mom my sister and i were all in the house when this happened uh i was sleeping in my mom's bed, I sat up and looked at a person who was not my dad at the foot of my mom's bed. Uh, after they broke in, they realized there were people in the house and they took off outside the house. Cops show up. I'm looking, you know, walking, you know, it's late at night, walking around the house, everybody's awake. And I just happened to find like this Dr. Doom figure that I had lost that somehow like these guys must have been like rummaging and like knocked something over and found it. I thought like when he finds the kitty cat bracelet, I was like, eh, the Doctor Doom figure. So, so is that why you <laughs> you chose a life of yeah. uh, being a police officer because they almost stole or your comic book fan? Yeah, <laughs> or comic books. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly why. But they I was tried like, oh, to that's... steal my Doctor Doom, <laughs> and how dare they try to steal my Doctor Doom figure? I will never let a criminal. I'll never, I'll never let it go. Uh, no, I just thought that was funny that yeah. when he ends up finding it later, and I was like, eh, Doctor Doom, that's funny. Yeah, I did like that. It all got 
like put into motion for no reason yeah. whatsoever. Right. I like I. Yeah. Right. Right. I, right. I, I, and also I his like and his reaction to that, where he's like, "Huh? Like, what can you do at that point?" Right. <laughs> like, I yeah. mean, like he's not even upset about. It. He's just like, "Well, oh, you know, gonna that's, gonna that's, a, that's that's going to happen to yeah. you." Yeah, that's great. I mean, Bob Odenkirk is hilarious, and he's really with with Better Call Saul. Tom, it's seriously one of the best shows on TV. I mean, it. I watch it. Oh, I'm I thought, like, yes, I'm, no, I did. Don't lecture I did. me. Oh, 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 okay. Sorry. It was, I, you guys both said it at the same time. And so I didn't know where. Yeah. No, I'm just um, uh, so like, don't I'm lecture me. Like, like Joe, seriously, it is so good. He is such a good actor. Do I need to have watched Breaking Bad? You don't to have to. It? And it's a prequel, so it doesn't even matter. It's a, it's a prequel. So you don't have to. I mean, I definitely think there are moments uh, that probably yeah. play a little better, you know, like when he runs into people yes. from, from Breaking Bad. But I really do think you could watch it. And in, in in chronological order, mm-hmm. but have you not watched Breaking nope. Bad? Oh, do one of the best shows ever made. Why are you denying? I just—it's one of those things life. where, like, it was before I had time to watch. It. Like, they were like four or five seasons in, and I was like, I don't have time yeah. to catch up. Well, but now that it's over, well, now it's to your advantage because it's—it's not a show you want to wait week to week. Okay, for. Yeah. okay. Now it—it it is yeah. literally, it really is one of the best shows of all time. It, you've got to watch it. But yeah, he's he's great in this. But so so yeah, he sets off on this path, and uh, you know he ends up finding out that like the burglars, they're they're just like, they're they're you know they're just common criminals. They're not anything, right? And so, um, but you know this sets him off, and then and, you know there's just this se- sequence of events. Like he like I thought this was. I mean, this is crazy, but this also this is a world where you see all the things Bob Odenkirk is doing, and it's just a crazy version of reality. But these Russian mobsters like crash their Porsche or whatever it is into a. It was pole. like a no. It was like a oh, it was like whatever. a jeep, like an SUV. Okay, but yeah, but whatever it's there's, bus they're, bus they're, they're driving and boom hits the pole and then they get out of that and get onto the bus that bob odenkirk's driving and so i just like the random kind of sequence of events that plays into this to where you see that all happen they get on the bus and then they start messing with this girl who's just sitting on the bus and bob odenkirk doesn't like that and he decides to stand up for this this was a real. I, I agree. This is a really it, good scene. I, I will say real quick. I just yeah. want to like. This is the thing I didn't like about this movie is that his being pulled into this world just feels completely random. Like one of the things I liked about John Wick is that he was this world existed. He was in this world. He was out of this world, and then uh, things happen that force him back into that world. Where here, it just him encountering like it just feels so random that sure. he just happens to encounter this huge russian the br- oligarchy espionage thing right you it, know? it is random but also i think that you know he has these feelings suppressed he, he i mean the 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 title is a play on words it's it has a double meaning so he was yeah. he became a nobody and uh you know he, but even when he was a somebody he still had to be yeah, a nobody because right. he yeah he didn't exi- he existed on the periphery and he he had to hide who he was and like the government clearly wouldn't acknowledge that he yeah. existed and, and i like yeah. the f- and so you have to think that probably over the past 10 or 12 years that he's been out of the game he probably has come across a lot of things that would have triggered it too i mean we're only seeing it because the robbery really awoke whatever it was and i know that of course for it to happen close after it's a movie it's 90 minutes but i like that he probably encountered things and he just sat by and did nothing and watched them happen and now because of the robbery situation how his family looked at him and how he knew that he could have protected them and he feels like a failure now when he sees something he takes action and this is a great sequence on the bus it is yeah, it's like really it's for yeah. a guy especially for a guy that doesn't do action like it's it, it looks really good it's a tight i know i complain about like the tight action shots but this one works because you're on a bus because they're not using the tightness to hide no the, the action right like you still you see it all see the fight choreography normally that tightness is just so they can zoom in super cla- super close and shake the camera and tell you that something and they play the sound of a hit right. and then tell you that that's what occurred. You know? Yeah. And so, you know, he, he has this big drag out, throw down fight and he's just totally kicking ass. It's a really good sequence. And then he basically hits this guy in the windpipe and he can't breathe. And so he gives him a tracheotomy. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it ends up being that this guy, this punk, the reason why it's a bunch of these Russians drive around their fancy cars and all this. Well, he's a, mo- a Russian mob boss's son and so, brother brother. Oh, it's his brother. Okay, yeah, it's his okay. brother. It's yeah. his brother. And yeah. So you know, he gets tied up into this world now because he's 
taken out these guys and and his brother. I I like the scene. I like it with the bus driver where she's like, "I'm going to call the cops," and he just kind of like walks up, and like Bob Odenkirk just kind of gently like guides her off the bus and then <laughs> yeah. closes the door <laughs> and then all help but then he gets thrown out of a window and goes she's just in. like he's just like no like she's gonna call the cops he's like just just give me one second yeah. and then, like walks back <laughs> onto the bus and then all hell breaks loose those are the humorous things those are that's the yeah. humor that bob odenkirk and if you watch better call saul although he's not doing the action stuff but he has this way about him to where again better call saul isn't all yuck yuck humorous but it is very funny the way that he but there are funny yeah. moments in and like he in the same like he doesn't it doesn't have the physical aspect but like he does it more with his mind and his his street smarts yeah. right like he's always he always has an angle even if he doesn't have an angle he'll figure yeah. one out on the fly right slipping Jimmy slipping Jimmy and that's yeah, it's, uh, the other thing I think people kind of forget is like he was comedy partners with David Cross yeah. Like yeah. Mr. Show, and then I think did they come back and do something for Netflix? Yeah, Bob and David, yeah, Bob right? and Dave, or Bob and David, and then he I mean, he was an SNL writer, and, and the, but oh, they yeah. couldn't call it Mr. Show, <laughs> like they had to call no. it something else. Yeah, they didn't own yeah, the rights, yeah. but they can't stop those two from working. Yeah, right, right. So, I, yeah. I mean, he's been in comedy for a long time. He has, like, like I said on the one, he was almost Michael Scott. Oh, right, yeah. right. You know, uh, yeah. So mob boss shows karaoke, you know, karaoke, which is just mob this boss. is the most John Wick scene of right. this of this entire movie the very like, it's just yeah, like and i like crazy it neon lights but and it's weird and like the mob boss is a karaoke singer and you're like what is going on here what does he do and then someone like questions him of can he take care of business? that guy's face and he just kills some random <laughs> not i mean to him it seemed random and he's like that was my best man <laughs> he was like that was part of the whatever and he was like cool i guess there's more the money for us he was a three percent stakeholder in the ob shack yeah. ob shack and he's like all right cool i guess, oh, our, so the, I guess our shares go up and that's so. Th- yeah. So he is the money manager. The Obshack is like it's the Dark Knight, right? Isn't it like all the mobsters Kinda. that had all their money yeah. by the the Asian? But it sounds guy. like it. But this is where I'm like. But they hint at the world building, like the first John Wick, yeah. right? Like this this Obshack apparently like it's all the mobsters kind of savings bundled together. But it it moves like it's never it never stays in one place, mm-hmm. and also responsibility for it rotates, and because he says. He's almost done with it. It's almost his turns almost yeah, over. Yeah, he says I've got like two days it. or whatever, or three days yeah. left or with it or and, something. And but that's that. Yeah, so it's. I was just gonna say that's the thing about this movie that it it's not really wholly original, right? Like they pull a, he pulls a lot of things, like we've seen a lot of this before. If if they hadn't shit canned him from John Wick four, there would have been an object. <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's not get ourselves. But it's effective. I mean, even though we've seen this kind of stuff before, with I mean, especially with John Wick. But then you see, like, oh, you know, when he goes to find those two that that broke into the house that triggered all this, it's like, oh, they were only doing it because their kid was sick. Like we even saw that just recently in uh, the what was the David Ayer movie? That was the same scene when Shia LaBeouf and oh, the other the guy tax collector. Yeah, and they go in to get collect the tax, and these guys. Uh, stole oh, yeah. money but it's like oh but our kid is on has cancer or whatever so we've seen this and these things all well, we, in movies we've seen gunplay in a nursing home <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's true yeah so <laughs> we've seen this stuff before but you know it really does work effectively even though it's not like you know inventing these things they they use them in a way to build this world and everything where again i really enjoyed it even though i was like in my head okay yeah i've kind of seen this i've seen this but it works you know what i mean it's a weird feeling when you like i've kind of seen this all before here's the here's the problem you're gonna run into is everything's gonna be done it's hard there's gonna come up that we've it's 2021 like right there's gonna come a point where just like yeah there's not a lot of the tropes have all been done over and over and I will say this, we did not review this movie, but it's part of what I like so much about that movie, The Father, mm. was like, I felt like I haven't seen this before. Oh, okay. Like it was telling the, the story in a way, the Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins movie. movie. I think that's the best yeah, movie and of I was, 2020. It was really so good. good. I still think I like Nomadland a little better, okay. but but it's really it's good. A, and, yeah. and and it is you, you telling a story in a way you haven't seen them tell a story before. And so, I, so hat tip to that. And, but... When Kevin, what you're talking about in terms of like, like we've seen this all before. It's kind of what we talked about last week with Thunder Force, right? That it's like Thunder Force. We'd seen it all before, and we wouldn't have cared had it been funny. Oh, right. This right, is right, good. Right. You know? The action's and, good, so we like it. Right. So yeah. the, this one is the the action is the funny, and the action's mm-hmm. good, and so you kind of forgive like the that last scene, like 
Okay, I had so many questions. <laughs> yeah. So many questions. Just lo- simple, logical yeah. questions. But at that point, I'm like, who but cares? But it was cool, and it was to fun. shoot those yeah. guys. Yeah, that's, that's what it really yeah. is. You're right. It's you've, And the other thing is, too, you know, if you thought it's all been done before now, I mean, back when we were growing up, Joe, like the stuff that we were watching had all been done before, but we didn't know it yet. We've I guess seen that's so true. many that's movies now. Like with, with the stuff that we watched that we thought was so cool, I guarantee Tom would have said like, "Oh, but Abbott and Costello did that." You know what I mean? Like totally. But and and going back to when I was a kid, yeah. right? Like same thing. Like I loved Raiders of the Lost Ark, but now I realize those it was just the serials from the forties, right. right? Like it was you know he just he just spent they, they just took a a B movie and and spent a level money on it and didn't leave you with cliffhangers but i mean that's uh, most of those stunts have were pulled straight out of those old things like you can go find them the running from a boulder the slide instead of sliding under a truck it's sliding under you know a stagecoach but whatever it's all there right it, it, but it's like but when i saw that when i was that movie came out in what 82 so i would have been like 11 years old when that came right. out it blew, like, blew your mind out. It blew exactly. my mind. It was new to me. I mean, everyone you know? is inspired by the stuff that came before them. I mean, that's why George Lucas, you know, reading all all those pulpy books and everything and Steven Spielberg and all them. I mean, they grew up reading these things, whether it be comics or books or listening to stuff on the radio. And then they make stuff. And then we grow up and we watch them make stuff. And people in our generation, these young upcoming directors, you know, they grew up with the stuff we did. And it's all other influences. So I think that's a thing that has happened over and over again. So Tom hits the nail on the head where it's like, but if it's good and it's done well, you forgive it or you don't say, oh, that was so unoriginal. But if it's bad, you go, that was lazy. Yeah, 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 just, and that's and this one is not lazy. Like this, no. is, I mean, like the the end, the ending bit is Tom's absolutely right. Like it's ridiculous in every part. Where John Wick, I feel like they set it up to be ridiculous. Like they give you the reasons it's going to be right. Like he's got like right. a suit that's bulletproof, and he's got uh, a different uh, clips inside the suit, like ready to reload. But he's constantly picking up, you know. Mm-hmm. So. You don't have and to ask this, the question. This overarching gentleman's agreement between all of them. That right. was that was that, really what like, was so interesting in that movie is yeah. the hold the continental, don't fight on these grounds, and that yeah, they're also like sophisticated in this world, and it's just work business is business, and it, yeah, yes. Where where this one, the ending fight, you're just like, okay. the ending fight's amazing. That that makes no no no. This it's movie. fun to it's watch. Fun to watch but, but like if you get but like, like when the brother shows up, how does the brother know where all like you see Bob Odenkirk putting all these things into place, but then then the brother seems to know where they all are and how they all work, and then and then also like there's so many kills in this movie <laughs> that rely entirely on someone happening to stand in the exact <laughs> same spot where they had preset these like cuz this ending is basically the ending of of the last Rambo movie right pretty much and but the difference with the Rambo movie um, one, this ending isn't racist, but two, um, uh, it, the the Rambo one actually made more sense because they were in tunnels, sure, right? right? So they right. were kind of trapped as to where they were going to be. So you could kind of plan like at some point they will have to stand in the spot and I can I can plan a, a, a booby trap to take them out where this was this big giant kind of open warehouse. Like, well, yeah, you know, like it's I mean, like I said, it's fun to watch, but it doesn't make a lick. But this is also the ending of Home Alone. It is absolutely the ending. I of mean, Home Alone. In yeah, the same, we said the same thing about in Rambo. The same, <laughs> right. In the same way that it's you're, like, you're next, you're going to go in the exact this window thing. and they're going to touch this yeah. door. Now. I mean, it, it, but it's fun and it's well done. And so you don't question because, again, this is a movie. And at some point you have to. It's different when you're watching a biopic or whatever. But, you know, when, right. when people are so caught up on the realism, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying that when people. Yeah, if this was the final scene of The Godfather, yes. you'd have a different take <laughs> You got to right realize, now. like, at some point along the way, like, collectively we not us because i think we have a grasp over this but the collective society got to this point where i don't know if it was like nolan batman movies because they were so grounded or whatever but no people, it's 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 born oh okay. it's jason it's jason but it's people when start the first, saying like oh this yeah, is the first believable. the first born identity <laughs> is when they went to this quick cut like that that's the beginning of this whole but it works there. It does work there. It like it because it, they weren't using it to hide things. They were using it to heighten like the things. impact yes. of and each and cut was like who, that wasn't Paul Greengrass, yeah. was it? The first he one was the, the first one's first not one? Paul Greengrass. No. He doesn't come into the second one. But who the hell um directed that first one. I can't remember who directed the first one, but it in was in my not head Paul I was Greengrass. like Robert Lundlum. 
I'm like, nope. Uh, That's who wrote the book. <laughs> it's based on. Right? So yes, the yeah. born identity was Doug Lyman. Oh, okay. He's an action guy. Yeah, that makes yeah. that tracks. But that that style of fighting, like, because like I was late to the Born franchise because just those kind of things don't interest me. Sure. And we didn't review it, and so like, and so I saw it like, man, I probably saw it like ten years after it came out, and like really expecting Hold on. to be bored. Doug like, Lyman is making him. Oh, live, die, repeat, and repeat is the name of the. Oh, he did. He do live, die, repeat. He 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 did do Edge of Tomorrow, but I didn't realize they had named it. They've live. officially they've officially called it something that's completely what it's, different. Yeah, it says live, die, repeat, and repeat is the actual <laughs> official title. I, don't, I mean, I love that's that fine. of the sequel. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow was great. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow was great. Well, they because they well they re released when they released it on home video they re imaged it as live die repeat because everyone called it that because that was the tagline yeah. and so and it's the better name it was called Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> Live Die Repeat or whatever like they right. yeah they they uh, sure, they, they, they uh, Danny Baldwin the uh, Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> yeah exactly it was <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and but at some point my point is just that like people all of a sudden started thinking that everything had to be grounded in reality. Yeah. But there are still movies that can just be movies and you don't question these things in certain genres like superhero and comic book. And at the end of the day, like what some of these movies become, whether it be the fast and furious franchise, like those are now comic book movies, whether you like, you know, not based on a comic yeah. book, but they're in the same kind of world where oh, for it, doesn't, sure. it doesn't have to make sense as long as they own it. And for better or for worse, the like that fifth diehard movie, like clearly Oof. they've stopped being grounded, which we loved in the first one. But at this point, it's a comic book movie, you know, and, and you and if that's what they're going to own, you can't then say, well, that's not believable because they've clearly aren't trying to operate in this reality as we know it. So, you know, you can't yeah, just it's, kick back. I, and I miss those <clears throat> those gr- not even grounded in reality, but like those somewhat gr- like grounded in reality action movies where your heroes are not invincible. Well, and I th- and I, but you I know? think that's why this one kind of gets back to that, right? I mean, even though he's a badass and he has these skills, but he's taking hits, and I think that's what we really enjoy about this too is that he's not John Wick. He's not just this flawless fighter and all that, but you know, he's cool in his own way. And, um, but, but to go forward, I think just, you know, so this Russian mob boss, which this is kind of like, we've seen this in fast and furious, right? Like Luke Evans gets in the hospital. Yeah. Jason right, Statham's right. his brother. And I mean, this is mob boss has to take care of his brother. I do like where the guys are like, you don't even like him. What yeah. are you doing? Like you, you don't even like your brother. He's like, he's still family. Which is again a trope of every right. Russian <laughs> yeah. mobster movie. Of, well, I don't like him, but I, he's my brother. Um, so yeah, so we find out that like this guy, his file is redacted. He has no record <laughs> of anything <laughs> with the is, government. To the to the to the, your world building, I think it's funny where you, where the mob boss has like this little hacker gal, and she yeah. sends oh. a a dossier over to <laughs> yes. the one guy. She's got the feds, and you know, send me everything. So he sends it. And then she walks back into the mob boss office and like throws the file down. She's like, don't Good pay luck. me. I'll see you later. Yeah. Oh, take it, care. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> That's the same thing as we talked about with the tattoo guys seeing his tattoo. Thank you for your service and closing up shop. Like right. that's the world building. That's so cool that they don't have to show you Arnold Schwarzenegger looking all roided out and buff and with guns or whatever. Like, I mean, that's cool in its own respect, but here you've got Bob Odenkirk and it's mysterious and you have people just like closing up shop and getting away from him and want nothing to do with them. To me, that's cool. Cool. That's a different kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That I agree. You know, um, and so yeah, he he's badass. She pulls up all his files. Like everything is black marker over it. I mean, there's right, nothing right. about it. Just this says guy. nobody. Nobody. That's all it yeah, says. exactly. Yeah. It just says nobody. So I really like how they did all that. And then yeah, so he uh, Christopher Lloyd's his dad, and he's in a retirement home. And <laughs> the entire movie, he's just like just docile in a chair watching TV. I gotta know, tell you, that guy has not grown into his ears. Uh, he's eighty two. Well, your you know your ears never technically stop. Well, growing. that's apparent on Christopher Lloyd because yes. that 80, dude looks like he can fly. Eighty two, man. I mean, no, I totally yeah. yeah. And he's I, awesome in it. this movie. He's an awesome. He's great. Eighty two. I, I don't think I've ever seen like the badass Christopher no. Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's ever no. done it. And that's I mean, Christopher Lloyd's great, and I he always plays crazy. Yeah, right? <laughs> but I mean, it worked here. I mean, when we get to that final fight, and oh, and also he's been talking on the phone with RZA, who you're kind of like, okay, they obviously used to work together, used to have some kind of. Well, it's his. They. This is his brother. Yeah, they allude that it's his brother. 
I never really picked up on that until I read about yeah, it. Yeah, because you see a there's a picture of on Christopher uh, Christopher Lloyd's nightstand where you see a young Christopher Lloyd yeah. and he had and he's got his arm around a like yeah. a, like what looks like a like a ten year old white kid yeah. and a ten year old black kid. And gotcha. so I'm assuming that at some point he adopted them and and raised. Gotcha. I yeah. thought I th- I thought the twist was going to be the brother was the Russian, the black Russian. Oh. It was like he was working undercover, oh. and then they killed the black Russian. I was like, well, I'm wrong. Gotcha. Like that's <laughs> yeah, no, that makes that would have that could have been good. Like I yeah. yeah. Well, if you knew uh, what RZA looks like, though, I mean, if you know he's cast in this movie, that's and you true. Hear yeah. him, and then yeah. you see him, he's yeah. But but anyway, so it all comes down to they end up going to the uh, the warehouse, whatever, where the the father-in-law and this douchey brother well we should say that like the the bob odenkirk wanted to buy the metal plant and uh the father-in-law was like i just need a i need a i need a good offer i need a great offer so of course he goes and he digs up like this random ass gold bob well, odenkirk does i mean that just comes with gold, gold bars. straight bars. out of john wick I absolutely mean, yep. yeah <laughs> i was also like the father-in-law was really good at quickly figuring out the value of a gold bar <laughs> and how, what that. So, you know, so okay, like, so if we're going to lean into that Connie Nelson is part of this world, maybe her dad is part of this world, right? Like, maybe. And they did say, like, he was in the military. He saw action, the brother. Because when the kids were talking about writing the paper, he was like, I'll go talk to my And he was like, oh, I was just like an he, auditor. I never really saw any, you know. When Bob Odenkirk leans into his version, you know, the badass character, and he punches the brother in the yeah. chest, and he's just like, you're okay, you're okay, yeah. take some deep breaths. You know he's been okay. holding that Breathe for, through it. Yeah. for decades, oh, yeah. he's been wanting to punch yeah, that easily, guy. easily. So yeah, yeah, he buys they, the place, and then they just rig it. They home be, alone it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's just a ridiculous, you think Bob Odenkirk is dead to rights. He's He's taken out... A bunch of people already, but he's you know there's a lot of them. They keep coming, and and, and RZA and Christopher <laughs> and Lloyd Christopher show Lloyd. up, and, and when they go back to back, and Christopher Lloyd has a shotgun, and RZA's there, like it is such. I a do cool... love the line because it was a line that I asked myself, where Bob Odenkirk goes, "Why did you bring so many shotguns?" <laughs> and he just like shrugs, yeah, it's great. <laughs> just goes goes I about his day. And I mean, and, and, it's like yeah, it's like because it's fun. Yeah. And, and, and Christopher Lloyd, I mean, he is shooting people and they're like flying across the room. It's, I mean, it's such a fun action scene. Oh, we didn't talk about the uh, Bob Odenkirk calls Christopher when he realizes that they're when they get, when the bad guys go to the nursing yes. home. When the oh, so Chris, yeah. well, Odenkirk calls Christopher Lloyd, and he's, he's like, "Hey, just give you a heads up, like." Things might get a little crazy, and the, the Christopher Lloyd's just like cool. And oh, so the up. guy tries to get revenge for his brother by going and yeah, getting the dad. Gets and, his dad, and he's sitting there at the TV, and he turns <laughs> he's up like, like the war movie or whatever. Yes, and he pulls back his blanket, and he's got a double barrel sawed-off <laughs> shotgun, and, and just blows, blows both the these guys away. Uh, oh and no, the nurse one of them comes away. in, right? Doesn't the nurse come in and go? Yes, don't and he's have got your... the TV. Up. He's like, God, can you turn that down? He was like. You know, thumbs yep. up oh. as he's as he's choking out another yeah. guy like under his arm. <laughs> so cool. and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, amazing. It is. Uh, yeah. So massive fight at the, at the warehouse. And of course, you know, they end up winning the day. Uh, yeah. I mean, but he runs at the guy with a, 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 a ex- an explosive strapped to a like a riot shield or something. Oh, yeah. He's got like then, bulletproof <laughs> glass. So it, so th- that's how he kills the villain is he like protects himself from, you know, it blows him back. But the explosion and shrapnel and stuff hits the, the Russian mobster. And yeah, I mean, there's just really cool stuff like that. Yeah, to where, yeah. Is that called a Claymore? Claymore. It's called yeah. a Claymore. Okay, yeah. They you for some there was Punisher was on a kick for a while where like they used those Claymore's. In like every third issue, yeah. you were oh, all, you're he was right. Always they did, using didn't claymores. They? Isn't yeah. that the thing they I, usually? That's like with the whole, they have like with the front towards yeah, enemy. Yeah, front towards enemy. On, they have like little legs, yeah. and you stick in the ground. Yeah, and, and yeah. you pull a. It's yeah. Drew McIntyre's finishing move in the WWE right now. That's what they there call. You go. There it is. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, that last kill. Like even my wife was like, "That was pretty, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool." <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that's the the uh, word of like the if you can get her stamp of approval because she's kind of especially in a movie like yeah, this. That's what I mean. Like when she watches yeah. some of the stuff with you, and you're like, "Yeah, she she hated this movie or whatever." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, it was a good. It's a good. It was it was a great last kill. Like I was wondering what they mm-hmm. were gonna do because I'm like. You know, like it needs to be interesting, but yeah, like when he like grabs bulletproof glass, he straps the claymore to the front of it, and then just basically just runs <laughs> yeah. at the guy and pulls the string, right. and just and you see it, like they don't hide it, like they I think they spent about 
forty percent of their special effects budget on this one shot, right? And uh, because I also feel like there's some action scenes, like in this scene, there's a lot of like it turns into a bit of a montage mm-hmm. to where are there some kills that are like implied more than seen, yeah. And like I, I definitely felt like like they there were some some budgetary constraints to uh, for what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. and I and I only say that as somebody who sees a lot of movies, I think if you if if you're not watching with a hypercritical eye, I don't think you'll feel that they like they cheaped out. But no, it doesn't I, look. I, I bad, can't help but no, not at all. But I I just can't help but feel that like we there were certain things that were like implied rather than shown because they just they just didn't have the money. Yeah, sure, it sure. worked but, well within their constraints. It did. They yes, they absolutely did. And like and uh, this movie's made but, double its budget already. I mean, in this oh, that's time. awesome. So I mean, what was the budget? It was sixteen million. And so they've. That looks great. That's, for that's a, a good-looking movie. It does look great. Million bucks. And, and it's already made thirty-two million dollars in theaters in a pandemic. Yeah, in a pandemic, like, and now it's out yeah. on VOD too. So I'm glad it's. Making I wonder, money. you know, I wonder if this, if the pandemic is going to make studios stop spending so much money, knowing that they can make it back, right? Like we've talked about it forever. Where it's just like you don't need to spend eighty million dollars on this random movie, right? Like you, you just don't need it. So I wonder if when they see something like this where it's like, oh, okay, like it it does kind of have a pedigree, right? Like there's a little bit of name recognition attached to it. Um but it's But nobody that's gonna be like, and I need twenty million dollars. Exactly. To do it. Exactly. Yeah. When I mean if you got George Clooney or you got Brad Pitt, like, okay, that's a little bit different. You're gonna have a bigger budget. But maybe, maybe we've you know, maybe they have seen the that this doesn't need to happen. It's the Blumhouse model, right? Well like they've their budgets have ballooned out of proportion and the thing is it's oh, this is all going to depend on how many theaters open back up and if people are going to still go to the theaters given that they're used to now all the vod and the streaming stuff that's included so i th- i think the real uh lasting effect of the pandemic on films yes. <laughs> yeah to be clear on films uh will be i think it's finally kind of knocked the stink off of straight to vod mm-hmm. movies. i think you're like, right i think p- people have seen a lot of good straight to vod movies or m- even movies that weren't straight to vod but perceptually were straight to vod like this technically came out in theaters first but i think most people's interaction with this movie is gonna be as a vod thing. yeah i think you're right and they're they're not even going to really fully realize that this was released in theaters mm-hmm. and so i i think that people are going to be willing to give straight to VOD movies a shot in a way they weren't. But the problem they're going to have is that you can see movies of a similar quality, you know, for free or free ish baked into your streaming services like Netflix Mm -hmm. and HBO max. And, and so, you know, it's kind you know, it's also going to be difficult to get people to pay 20 bucks you just to watch nobody that's two months of netflix right that's true or almost two months of that's netflix. a good point so, you know two months of amazon prime but two it's two or, movie tickets too so it's like there's also that so i mean yeah, it's, you're it right in the middle depends there. on yeah. yeah but it's like i think this movie was better than anything i've probably seen on netflix thus far but um, pandemic wise yeah i mean i get no i, I think okay, that's fair. it's not better than like the irishman and stuff but but uh um, I think this is on the level of, of what was that Hemsworth movie that we watched? Extraction? Yeah, the, um, yeah, yeah the, I think it's on the level of that. One. It was good. I like this better than Extraction, nice. but I enjoyed Extraction. Yeah. But uh, but but also what they spent a hundred million dollars. Right. right, 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 right. Totally, <laughs> you know, totally. You know, and so, but I I I think it's going to be difficult. Like a movie like Extraction or Bright or, or what about what was, was the, this better than Cherry? Yes, <laughs> or, or old old guard. How much money like, did they spend on Cherry? Two hundred million or something? Or I don't. Maybe that was oh, an independent yeah. one. I yeah, don't know, old guard should have yeah. been good, but it just yeah didn't, it didn't do it. But it's like this is, uh, like from an appearance standpoint, like it, I think this is better than that. But like yeah. I, you know, if if you're trying to decide where to spend your money, like you, I can definitely see people going. Well, 
that's two months of Netflix, and I I get movies kind of like this that are of that caliber, right? But even if they're maybe not as good, that's more just luck of the draw in terms of how things gel. But you know you that know? you're right. You're 100 percent right. But here's the other thing: there's so much to watch. There's so much out there. You watch yeah. a couple other things on Netflix for a few weeks, and then nobody's going to be seven ninety nine to own, and you just buy. You know, like there's there's a there's a stage like for everybody, and it's not like you have to wait that long. So if you are one that loves the new yeah. stuff on Disney Plus and Netflix and and Amazon, you subscribe to all that. Cool. There's plenty for you. There's like multiple things coming out every week, and then you know if you want to wait for this one, wait three weeks, I would guess, or a month tops. But you're going to be able to buy it for half that price and and own it, and then yeah. That's yeah. fair. Like, yeah, like if you, yeah, just wait it out. Go, yeah, go watch your Netflix mm-hmm. stuff and wait for this to drop. It's not like there's nothing to watch. That's the thing. These <laughs> the, days, yeah, like, no kidding. You, we're so inundated with media that that's the other thing that's changing. People are talking about the shifting theatrical landscape, and I know we've gotten into it all before, but it's not just that theaters are changing and closing and things like that. It's like people aren't going to the theaters not because they necessarily don't like it, but there's so much to tide them over for four weeks until that other thing comes on home. It's like, well, if I've got stuff I haven't even finished on my backlog, why would I pay to go see this when I could watch that and wait? You know, it's just, there's so much out there. There is. I mean, it's, it's an, yeah, a veritable cornucopia. <laughs> I mean, we used to go to the library to do research and look at books and now, you know, who goes to a library? It's just like things evolve. It's not that, Oh, librarian Cynthia is so mad. Hey, they're still out there. They're still good. But, I mean, you got to think. It's like things change, and it's not because a library is bad. Library is great, but convenience. And now you're talking about do I leave the house and spend expensive money on concessions, or do I wait at home and pop popcorn or make a pizza? And, you know, it's just it's how things evolve, and it's not to knock the other ones. It's lifestyles are changing. People work from home yeah. now. People, it's It's just a different thing. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. And, you know, but this was a fun movie. Yeah. Like and, and like I said, I think 30 minutes was right on the nose. Like I it I didn't need more. And there were moments that were absolutely ludicrous or made no sense. But you just didn't care because it was because it was working along for the you, you were along for yeah, the ride. Absolutely. So like, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I, I enjoyed this. Did not expect to. I mean, I like Bob Odenkirk. And I like John Wick kind of in spite of myself. Like it's not my <laughs> my type of movie, but it, it's good enough that it rises above the genre. But um, but I didn't. I kind of thought this was just going to be like, eh, and and it they pulled yeah. it off. They really did. It, yeah. This isn't just a like a Liam Neeson uh, mocking his Taken movies. You know how he's done a million of those movies. Like you could yeah, see right, this right. as being, oh, it's trying to do a, a John Wick, but it's going to fall way short. And it's like, no, they pulled this off. Yeah, they absolutely did. So I long for well, the like, the nobody uh, John Wick crossover. Could happen. Could could happen. Yeah, I don't know. Not if they're not going to let. Them I guess like that's true. They're like, no, no, no. This is mine <laughs> oh, now. True. Like, no, yeah. yeah. Well, show me the money. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> well, go. I guess uh, that's it for this one. Let's go around the virtual table, and everyone can say where to find. This me. is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts B U T T S twenty one. Also, I want to uh, shout out to Alex Carlo, uh, who is uh, one of our UK listeners. I got uh-huh. your comics back in the mail. So they're coming. Uh, I'm going to get them back. I've, I don't know. I screwed it up, I assume, as far as like I didn't put the right oh, man. stuff because it's international shipping. Right. I screwed it up, it, but your comics are coming back. Oh, jeez. So there you go. Sorry, Alex. You better throw in a couple extra. I very well. Yeah. I probably will. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll figure something out. Throw in a Dr. Doom figure. For the <laughs> yeah. No. Do you still have that like in a glass case? I don't. I don't. Uh, It it sucks because that was like, no, I don't. That should be your Scrooge McDuck's dime. It really should. It should (laughs) be my 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 penny or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, it should be his dime. Oh, it was a dime. That's right. That's right. No, I I just told you. Don't say penny. I I told you dime. (laughs) I do have the first figure I ever owned though. Do you? What is it? Yeah. Uh, it's a Superman, uh, like superpowers from like 1985, I think. Hmm. Yeah. I bought it. I was we we were we were cleaning the house yesterday. I found a uh, an SD card, and I was like, "Well, I should probably see what's on this." And <laughs> I had I had like pictures my sister must have scanned in or something like from my childhood. And so oh, that's cool. I had, I had a picture of me when I was probably like sixteen or seventeen years old, and then I had another picture of me f- like where I was twenty. And I thought it was funny the picture where I was twenty. I was wearing a Mickey Mouse hat and a Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. Cool. And then the picture when I was 17, I was like Christmas morning. I was opening gifts, and I had a Monkees concert t-shirt <laughs> on. And I'm like, 
I am you're nothing the, if not consistent. You're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the hair, I have not changed. <laughs> That's all. pretty awesome. Well, <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was funny. This is so. Kevin. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group, and of course, check out our Patreon at Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. So what is next week? I feel like it's a Mortal big one. I think it's Mortal Kombat. I've never seen a Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh, buddy. We might I've have to never go back played and... Mortal Kombat. <gasps> oh, I, really? Sacrilege. I like, don't care about this at well, all. It'll be interesting to see because, like, like no fan service will yeah. make any That's amount a good of sense point. to me. That's a good point. Like, yeah. like none of it good. will mean a don't, thing to don't me. Don't play the game. I'm mean, not that you would, but don't play the games. Don't I watch don't the old movie what, to prepare. Like, just go right into this one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you thought I would prepare I know. That's for why a I, Mortal Kombat movie? I, like, I, that's cute. No, I cool. just, it'll be interesting because, yeah. like I said, I... I've never really liked the fighting games, and this is like the era when the video games like there were too many buttons. Mm, sure, and I was like I don't care yeah. anymore. And you need that paddle that just goes up and down and hits the ball. Oh man, those are the best, man. The Atari, <laughs> yeah. the Atari joystick, yeah. one one stick yeah. and a button. It was like holding your. <laughs> and like, that's, I I already know how to do that. That's my speed. When there's like forty five buttons and like it's too much. I don't need a part time job. We've got three podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, John adopts a pit bull. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Better watch out. It's going to ruin the plot. Real spoilers. Real spoilers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.